Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is talking, uh, He's preaching on a hillside. It's what we affectionately know. If you if grew up going to church, you might be familiar with the word Beatitudes. All right, we, we've got this little section in the book of Matthew, and there's a hillside. It's a bit steeper than the, you know, the bankment out here, but there's probably about 100 to 200 people uh, in attendance, right? And Jesus is preaching about what it looks like to follow God and what his kingdom looks like. And then he follows it up in Matthew chapter 5 by talking about if you live this way, prepare to be persecuted. Prepare to be treated uh, poorly because of how you live your life. But when you do, understand that you will be blessed. This is what he has to say for those who truly embrace following Jesus. And then he transitions to Matthew 5 verse 13. And he's speaking to people like you and me, us, a crowd sitting outside and he says that you are the salt of the earth verse 13 but if he if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men and then he says that you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl and said they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Father, speak to us this morning. Minister to us by the, your word today. I pray that you'd encourage us. Amen. Fun fact for you, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach, but this is the first time that J Jesus refers to Father in Heaven as Father in Heaven, right here. He's drawing people who are listening and watching into a different level of intimacy, a different level of relationship with God. Some of you know what it's like to grow up and, and church is kind of stuffy, church is stoic. The idea of relating to God as your father and having a, a relationship with him can be maybe a little bit foreign to you. And Jesus is beginning to draw people into deeper relationship. And then he begins to describe what this kingdom life looks like. And he, he gives us two comparisons, salt and light. Salt and light. Now, some of you know what this is like. How many of you take the salt shaker and you salt your food before you ever even taste it? I need hands in the air. Let's go. Okay. I'm the kind of, I see, I see some, some people are a little reluctant to, to raise their hand in this moment. That's okay. That's okay. I, I'd never seen this before. I'd never seen this before until uh, Amy and I got married and her side of the family. I see, you know, it doesn't matter what is prepared. <laughs> It doesn't matter how salty it is, right? It could be the saltiest thing ever, but before there's ever even a trial run, the salt shaker comes out and the salt goes on, right? People put salt on their food because it does what? It adds flavor. It adds flavor. It adds distinction. 
Before we even get into that, we understand that as Westerners because we like seasoning. And if you go to other countries, might I add, many times the measure in which they add seasoning to food is so much more than even we experience as, as Americans. If you didn't know that, surprise. In ancient times, they did not have refrigerators, so they would take salt. And they would salt the meat so that the meat would stay preserved. It was about preservation. And here we are as a church. Here we are facing some, let's just be honest, some difficult times. These have been some difficult times. Personally, corporately, for businesses, for churches, for families. It's been a unanimously difficult time, even as Ken and Katrina mentioned. Not just for Kennesaw, not just for America, but for literally the planet. It has been one of the most globally unifying moments in the history of mankind, what has been taking place right now in terms of people facing hardship and economic hardship, economic devastation, and literally just lives lost. Okay? It's a hard time. And so knowing that, Knowing that the, the church is experiencing some difficulty or you are experiencing some difficulty, what does it look like for you and I to be the salt of the earth or the light of the world? What does it look like for us with no roof to continue representing Jesus to our city and our community? Well, Jesus compares it to salt, and that means there is a measure of preservation that you and I are supposed to have here. There's something that's supposed to be preserved. Understand this. Uh, in fact, I'll even, I'll even read it. I, I read some from Charles Spurgeon on this, who's my guy. And he says that what God has done for you isn't just for you. Not only does Jesus change you on the inside, but our lives keep the earth from spoiling from the impact of sin. I want you to hear that. One of the things that you and I get to do in this moment, because the world is experiencing difficulty, pain, and let's just call it like it is. Would you not agree that there's just some spoiling that we've experienced? Like, you pull, the, you pull the milk out of the refrigerator, you put it in your cereal, and you start taking a few bites, and you're like, something doesn't taste quite right. There's, there's that line where it's just, it's just not quite right anymore. Now, some of you are like me, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to power through this. I feel like Jason would do that. I feel like Jason would be like, ah, oh, the milk is a little bad, but it's not too bad. That's 100% accurate. That is 100% true. Right? Of course. Right? Some, some of us do that. And then other times, right, you get up in the morning and, and you don't realize it, but something's been kind of rotting in the trash. It's spoiled. But you don't, you know what I'm talking about when you wake up and you don't actually notice it? You go outside for some reason, you take a phone call or you go get the mail and then you walk into your home that you just left. And you say to yourself, my God, what has happened in here? 
And there, there is this acclimation that takes place because you were sitting in this smell and it was slowly decaying and you didn't realize it. It was slowly spoiling and you didn't notice it. But when you walk outside and actually breathe some fresh air and then you walk back in, you realize how far this thing has moved in the wrong direction. Are you with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? We do this. And so here, Jesus is talking about the salt of the earth. It's supposed to provide preservation. In other words, our city and our community should be better off because we exist. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to just give you some weak sauce gospel message about how, you know, pray this prayer and Jesus will just make your life better. Right? Don't hear this. Following Jesus can be very difficult. It doesn't mean that you're exempt from hard times. We know this to be true. But the people of God living for Jesus and representing Him and following Him and doing our best should leave such an imprint in the community that we are in that people are sad when we aren't there. I want you to hear this. Who, who, who misses our church if our church doesn't exist? Does anybody? This is a rhetorical question. Don't, don't answer this, please. <laughs> I'd be really discouraged if you were like, no one, nobody, right? <laughs> but I want you to answer this in your own mind. What? Who misses the manner in which you live for Jesus? Do, you, do your neighbors miss you living next door because of how you carry yourself? Does your church, does our community know when our church is no longer there? It's no longer present. Because we are to be the salt of the earth. In other words, there's supposed to be a holding back of spoiling and decay that happens. That's one of the things that our church and the global church does. By representing Jesus. Whose life is different because your life is different. Is anybody... I, I literally began wrestling through this question. I'm like, man, I, the, our school is tangibly different. We hear it from the principal a lot. Like, thank you so much, High Point, for meeting in our school. Thank you for praying. But there's also part of me, guys, just being really honest with you. I feel the Holy Spirit saying that this is, this is an opportunity for the community to experience the church in a way that it has not experienced the church before. You see, salt is, is a, this thing that adds flavor. It adds distinctive to it, does it not? It, it's supposed to add seasoning. It makes you and I, the manner in which we live our life, we're compared to the salt of the earth. That means that there should be such seasoning in how you live that when people sample the way you're living, your hunger for God, your passion for Him, they try that and they're like, I... My God, that tastes so good. That person's life, there's something about it that's incredible. I don't know the recipe. I don't know what they put in there. I don't know how to recreate it necessarily. But man, being around it makes me feel really good. It's like, you know, I mean, you reach across and you, you try somebody's food at, 
I mean, that's a dangerous thing to do at a restaurant. You know what it's like when you try something? You don't really necessarily know what's in it, but boy, that is incredible. And so there's this, there's the natural distinctive. You know what the church has seen as the most distinctive thing? Or excuse me, the, uh, the communities around the West, I, I really believe this. The most prolific thing that stands out many times as distinct about the church and Christianity is that we, we're the weirdos who get up in the morning, get in our cars and drive for a church service around, oh, the 9 to 10.30ish range around the U.S., the most distinctive thing. If I were to ask my neighbors, what stands out to you most about the kings living here? They would probably say that you get up every single Sunday morning and you leave at an ungodly hour. And you go to church every single week. And while that's not bad, I would love for the things that stands out, the distinctive nature of how I live for Jesus to be way more than just the fact that I have really great church attendance. Are you with me on this? And so right now, for many churches still, but certainly for ours, the thing that we don't have for us is a building. And it has given us not just this, the, the weight of, I can't believe we're in this situation. It actually provides us opportunity, church, for us to be known as a community in ways beyond simply showing up, parking in that parking lot, and having a great service. Because the church is not contained by four walls. It should be felt and experienced in our community. Do you understand that? Are you, do, do you see that? When we look at 2021 and the vision in front of us, we don't have great answers for what continued service looks like for us. Obviously, we know we can do online and do it pretty well. But what if we're not allowed to meet because of the inability, either finances or there's no roof, or maybe the church is just coronavirus has spiked again and we're just not able to do it. How does the church continue being the church? By the manner in which we love our neighbor. No holds bar. We love relentlessly. That's why we're doing canned food drives for those who are in need. That's why we keep talking about giving because there are those who need help with things like rent and car and air conditioners and heaters and all the things that go into it. People have lost loved ones. We get to be the church in this moment. We get to be the church. One of the other ways that you and I get to be distinct is the manner in which we respond. When the church is panicking, guess what we get to be? Guess what you get to be? By the power of the Holy Spirit, you get to have the peace of Jesus ruling in your heart. When the world is enraged and in fury and anger, guess what you get to be in this moment? This is what it looks like to be salt. You get to be different. Rather than enraged, you get to be merciful. You get to extend forgiveness. You get to offer grace. You get to, in a world that's hopeless, you get to walk with hope. In a world that feels faithless, you get to walk with faith. 
This is how we stand out. And then the word says this, that we are the light of the world. In other words, not only do you provide preservation, not only do you provide distinction, but you provide light to a world that is desperate for something to light up the path in front of them because it looks really dark out there. And when we live for Jesus... With everything we've got, your life is a light that shines before men. And who benefits from that? Well, yes, we do. But it says that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In other words, guys, what a moment right now for you and I to live for Christ. To live for Him. To not be bound up with anger and rage and bitterness and hopelessness, but to offer something different that only Jesus can provide. Some of you are going through hard times. Marriages are on hard times. Relationships, hard times. Family situations, money situations, job situations, hard times. Church scenarios, difficult stretch. And yet we get to be Christ. Jesus doesn't say that you can work to become the light of the world. These are people that are sitting on a field. He says, you are this. You don't, it's not like a dimmer switch, you know, where you kind of gradually push it up. No, you are the light. Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. And then by the power of the Spirit, he gives the Holy Spirit to you and me. And he says, now you are the light of the world. What I was, I'm now giving to you. And when others see that, they get to see the darkness lit up. This is what we get to do. This is who we get to be. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to take communion. If you don't have a cup yet, I don't know where the basket... I think it's over there. If you need a cup, you can either slide out or maybe just give a little little hand up and we'll make sure that you get one. We're going to take communion together here. My wife's going to join me up here. and We're going to lead you in communion together here in just a moment. Here's what I know is true. Because in a, in a moment that's hard like this, a culturally hard moment, a globally hard moment, talking about how to live and living passionately for Jesus can feel fatiguing. Can it not? When you already feel weary on the inside. I've felt that way some. I've felt that way a lot. And I've had days that look and feel really different. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Some of you are in the exact same place. And I want to encourage you. Galatians 5, Paul says it right this, that let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Can I just encourage you? Don't give up, church. Don't give up meeting together. Don't give up coming to the outdoor services. Don't give up getting on your Zoom life groups. Don't give up giving. Don't give up singing. Don't give up worshiping. Don't give up praying. Don't give up reading your Bible. Don't give up. Don't give up and don't grow weary in doing good. 
in a world that desperately needs you and I to bring something good to the table. We can become weary in doing it. But the world needs us. Our city needs you. Kennesaw, Georgia needs you. So don't grow weary today. Just one or two more minutes. First of all, I want to thank you for, for being here. and I want to encourage you. This is not a moment to shrink back, church. It's simply not. Despite what your eyes might tell you, this is an opportunity to grow. This is an opportunity for you to grow. In your faith, in online Zoom groups, in coffees, in in-person meetings. Just because we don't have this meeting every single week together does not mean that the church isn't still able to be the church during the week. I was at the cafe across the street this week and I, had, I watched a group of high schoolers meeting with a woman and they were talking about literally giving and tithing and making a difference. And I was like, you guys are unbelievable. Like, way to just go for it. They were hungry for making a difference. They're reading the Bible together. Some of them were drinking coffee. I was a little jealous of that. And I just thought, man, this is what it is. Some groups are able to meet in person. Many of them are still online. But there's no reason you can't pick up the phone and go for a coffee. There's no reason you can't pick up the phone and pray with somebody. There's no reason you can't text. There's no reason you can't email. There's no reason you can't be engaged on social. You have as much afforded and available to you as has ever been before. Let's not be deceived into thinking that we can't grow, that we can't make disciples, that we can't reach our community right now because we can, because we're called to, because we will. We will. Amen? Amen. I don't know that you guys were with me on that yet. We will and are reaching our city. You don't have to. You get to. We get to. So don't shrink back in this moment. Don't buy into the lie. Relationships are just as much available to you now as they have ever been. I want to invite you uh, to, to, to continue worshiping. You can literally text HP info for all the ways to get connected. I see some new faces today. You can fill out a communication card online. You can give online. You can figure out about these groups. You'll get all the details. That way you can grow. That way you can stay connected. Amen? Amen. We're the salt of the earth. And we are the light of the world. So when we leave here today, be that. Be that. I don't know why I just suck my thumb up. G.I. Joe, right? And knowing is half the battle. All right. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, we love you and we worship you. We thank you for the ability to meet outside. There's no one like you. Amen.